When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, you're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. On this show, we talk about mental health, well-being, and self-improvement from a Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Faith. So how's everybody doing? Good, good. I hope you are all doing well, that your bellies are full, and that you're living your best lives. I know I am. I have some Prosecco tonight. Ah. This is some Lamarca Prosecco. Hmm. It's a sparkling wine, guys. It's actually really good. Um, I picked this up at the local Target randomly, and I don't have any regrets. Uh, It's the perfect intro to this topic, I feel, because being a woman is very complicated. And I think (laughs) the most feminine The most womanly I feel is when I am finishing everything for the day. I have cleaned up the house. So the house is clean. Just took a long, luxurious shower. I've exfoliated. I've waxed. I've plucked. I'm hairless as a cat. (laughs) And I have a glass of Prosecco. And I'm just sipping, sipping, scrolling on social media, reading a book, doing a foot mask, you know, just girly things. That's when I feel my most womanly. Now, don't ask me why, (laughs) but to me, the epitome of womanhood and femininity is truly being comfortable in your skin, having your own space, and just sipping unnecessary amounts of wine. That that's that's my definition of womanhood. <laughs> and so when I talk about what womanhood means to me and what it looks like, especially now that we're talking about, you know, trans women and how they fit into the space and all that, all just all of that, right? I think it's important to note that the way we have been shown Womanhood is from a very narrow lens. I think when we talk about what it means to be a woman, for whatever reason, it's always linked to servitude and doing things for other people, like being readily accessible. I remember when I was younger, because I was raised in the church, you know, I was raised conservative Christian, and there was always this emphasis on being a Proverbs 31 woman. And you're supposed to be this really selfless woman that cares for others and gives and gives. And it's supposed to be this great thing. Now, not to say that's bad, but I think even in the church, like, because I'm not religious now, but when I was, there was always this emphasis on selflessness, you know? And I, I can understand why they chose to highlight that feature, 
but ultimately it feels a little bit repressive for me because women have no problem giving to others. I think the majority of women are fine giving to other people. It's the fact that we're not receiving. A lot of women don't know or have never had to receive something. So they don't know how to. So for example, like a lot of women, I'm myself included back in the day, didn't know how to receive a compliment. I could give compliments, but give but, but like getting a compliment, having someone say, oh, you look good today or whatever else. I, I had the instinct to fight them on that because I didn't feel like I deserved the compliment. You know, they're telling me, oh, I love the way your hair looks today. I love your skin. And I'm trying to find reasons why they shouldn't. I'm saying, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't. Oh, no, you're too kind. Oh, oh, no, I feel like I look a mess today. Instead of just accepting the compliment gracefully. But you get what I'm saying? Like, I just think that we're raised as women to take care of other people and to give but never get. And I see this in a lot of different areas of life. I see this even when it comes to sex. Like women are raised to be tools for somebody else's pleasure. And there's not really an emphasis on our own pleasure. Like, and going back to the religion aspect, I remember, you know, being so strictly scrutinized for my sexual behavior or lack of. So I was told that you shouldn't masturbate, that you shouldn't um, partake in certain activities. And it made me feel as though my sexuality was wrong, but there was never that energy for the guys. <laughs> like the most they got is don't have sex till marriage. That's all they got, you know? But with the, with the women, we got this whole spiel about what we shouldn't do, how we should do it, and whatever else. There was always a lot of emphasis on that. And I remember too, I'm just letting my mind really go go back, just roll back through the memories. I remember too, always, you know, having this emphasis on being a wife and a mother. And not to say those are bad things, but I think it was weird because I'm like a teenager and we're having conversations about what it takes to be a wife. And, you know, people are, you know, I used to hear this a lot, you know, different girls saying that, you know, or shaming other women because they couldn't cook and clean. Like a lot of girls would be like, oh, you don't know how to do this? Oh, because I do. You know, like girls are raised 14, 15 years old and we're already learning how to clean, how to fold laundry, how to, you know, prepare food. And it's always with this assumption that you should do these things because what man is going to want to be with you if you don't know how to do those things? You know what I mean? Crazy, 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 crazy. Oh, one last thing. I also remember too, and this is so toxic. Oh my God. <laughs> Woo, so, so toxic. I remember... When um, I was growing up, there was always this subtle implication that a real woman had a man and that if you were a God-fearing woman and you were holy enough, you would get rewarded with the husband. You know, that was a subtle implication. And if you were single and desired to be married, people would just hit you with the, oh, you just need to serve the Lord and you need to give yourself over to God and, you know, whatever else. Some whatever phrase that you wanted to use. 
And that was supposed to make you feel better. And if you weren't completely sold out to Christ, then how could he trust you with a husband? Like, this is the type of stuff I was being told all the time. And so I constantly looked to external things like me having a boyfriend or me wearing and looking a certain way to prove my womanhood. Like there was even a point in my life where I thought that I was more of a woman than somebody else because I was more modest and chaste, right? So if you're not having sex, if you're waiting until marriage, because you're a virgin, if you you know are super modest in how you dress and you carry yourself a certain way, you're more of a woman than somebody who doesn't do those things. Toxic, 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 toxic. <laughs> so when I talk about what it means to be a woman, I think it's changed over the years for me because I, I recognize just how much I was fed, how much of the nonsense I was fed. And I think because of that, I was constantly looking to other people, other things to make me feel like more of a woman, usually at the expense of someone else. And I think by the time I was 21, I had kind of determined that I wasn't really interested in a religion at that point. I just decided to do my own thing and figure it out from there. And I think I got a lot of comfort that way because I was able to just separate the noise and find my own voice. I was able to isolate what I personally thought and felt as opposed to having to listen to what other people felt and what, um, what the Bible supposedly says, their interpretation. And I was able to really hone in on what I felt, what was true to me. And I do think today that I am a feminine woman. Like I, I do have traditionally feminine hobbies and activities, I would say, but that's not what makes me a woman. That's not what makes me feel feminine. I think, you know, instead of relying on a boyfriend my, or my ability to get men to desire me in order, in, instead of that being the thing that makes me feel like a woman, I feel like a woman in the most random ways. Like, <laughs> this would make sense. Um, I think a, a moment in my life currently that makes me feel very womanly is really having control over my own life and uh, taking charge of my destiny and out of something bad, transmuting it into something great, into something positive. I think, I don't want to say this is a uniquely feminine trait. I, I really don't think that's the case. I just, for whatever reason, attribute transmutation of energy and vibes as a feminine trait, as like a, like a, a soft skill that a lot of people don't have. I think what makes me feel feminine now is feeling comfortable in my body and in my skin so I can wear whatever I choose and still feel like I'm valid, right? Like I don't have to be overly feminine and perform a certain way in order to people, in order for people to accept me as a woman, right? Now, that does not say that there aren't things that challenge that because I remember, and this is why I don't go to Chick-fil-A, y'all. I know, I know, I know. I should 
not go to Chick-fil-A because of the things that they're doing, like the money they contribute to organizations that are homophobic. And like, yeah, that's also a very good reason, but I have my own reason, okay? And my reason is kind of selfish, but it's, it's, it's the reason. <laughs> so for the first time that I can remember, I got misgendered. I went to Chick-fil-A near my house. It's like less than five minutes from where I live. And, you know, I liked Chick-fil-A and I got a very specific order. And it felt like every time I went to that Chick-fil-A location, they would misgender me and call me a dude. And I was so confused. They'd be like, hey, sir. Hello, sir. When I pulled up to the drive-thru and I was so confused because, I mean, nothing about me really looks inherently masculine. Like, if you know what I look like, I, I, I look very much like a woman, <laughs> in my opinion. So, you know, there's nothing about my features that are particularly angular. So the fact that the, I got called sir multiple times really rubbed me the wrong way. And I couldn't put my finger on it. It just felt like I was being attacked, like my personhood was being attacked. I don't know. It was weird. I didn't like it at all. The first time I was like, okay, understandable. The second time, third time, fourth time, and it's with different people. At some point, I'm going to feel like I'm being attacked. So that was the real reason why I stopped going to Chick-fil-A. And it hurt me. I, I was a little butthurt, y'all. I, I was because I felt like they were they were trying to make a statement. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm bugging, but that's how I felt. So that's why I don't go there. But I think there are things that do challenge that, right? Like there are moments where, you know, I do like a man or I find him attractive. And the first thing I think is, well, would he even date a black woman? Does he even find black women attractive or womanly? You know, like I, I immediately default to those thoughts, those old thoughts and attitudes because, you know, they're so deeply ingrained in us sometimes that even though we try to move on and we try to develop our develop ourselves further than that and find our own voice, we do live in a society. So naturally some things happen. But one thing that I read online as with most great quotes that are not actually mine, they're actually coming from really intelligent people, but somebody somewhere on the internet said, you are not your thoughts. And the first thought that comes to your mind is not necessarily what you believe, that's what you were taught. And then the thoughts that you have after that are what you actually believe. So that first thought of, oh, does he even like black girls? Like, you know, may not even be a thought that I had. That's just in general, a thought that came from someone else. Some, something that I was taught, some messaging that was trying, that I was tried to be inundated with. And then the thought I had after that, which was, no, why wouldn't he like me? I'm a great girl. Like, I'm an asset to anyone I'm around. That was how I actually felt about myself. And I think that coming from that perspective allows us a bit more grace. So we don't constantly beat ourselves down over random thoughts that we have that are truly at random and don't necessarily indicate how we feel. So yeah, sometimes those challenges do come up from time to time, but I think I've gotten a lot better, I would say, about managing some of those emotions and when those challenges arise, dealing with it in a healthy way. Uh, one thing that's really affected, you know, how I view myself as a woman is just like, my experiences with being a black woman specifically. And, you know, it, it gets really complicated. I feel like this could be its own episode because it's a, it's, it's a mess, right? 
If you're a black woman listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The misogyny and the sexism that's specifically targeted towards black women is one of the worst things about being a black woman, in my opinion, because it's so ingrained into our society. It's it's just so embedded that people don't even know what they're saying when they say it. I mean, oh man, I've had people, you know, say that they, they, I carried myself as if, as if I had a father in my life, and they were surprised when they found out my dad died, and they were like, "Oh, I wouldn't have expected that." It's stuff like that, and um, saying that you know I would be prettier if I was light skinned, and you know how dark skinned girls like me usually look a certain way, they act a certain way, they usually smell, they have bad attitudes and whatever else, but I was an exception. So I should be grateful for a compliment. It's stuff like that, that only black women get. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's something very unique to our experience. And so due to all the messaging that I did not get from my family, I literally got this from media. I was not raised to be colorist. My entire family, like my immediate family was all very dark skinned. So I don't understand, <laughs> like it's all coming from external. But I do remember getting those media messages that I was not enough of a woman, that I had to do and be something else in order to be considered a real woman. I I think there's this, how do I phrase this? I think there's like a whole movement online now of people who are trying to be more feminine. So they take these femininity courses and they have eBooks and worksheets on how to be more feminine and how to perform in a way that's more feminine. And I've noticed that that sort of movement has attracted black women and a lot of other minority women because we want to uh, basically circumvent, well, not really circumvent, what's the word? I wanna say that they want to utilize patriarchy to their advantage. So they are participating in these patriarchal rituals because they feel like they can leverage that in order to get what they want out of life. And I understand that temptation to do so, but unfortunately what tends to happen is that like, you can't resist that messaging, right? So by playing into this idea that feminine women are real women, you're ignoring that there's plenty of women who are masculinized in society for doing nothing other than existing. Like as a darker skinned woman, people try to masculinize me all the time. And it's it's really hurtful too, especially when like, I know I'm a pretty feminine woman, like just by my hobbies and my interests and the things I care about, I'm a, I'm a girly girl. I just don't come from privilege and I don't have the lighter skin color. So to see people constantly try to masculinize you is very odd and they, it's like in order to try and circumvent that, I could, you know, wear a dress every day. And granted, I do wear dresses a lot, but it's because I like dresses. I just like the convenience of wearing them. It's not for some higher purpose of getting around patriarchy and using it to my advantage and, you know, trying to prove to people that I'm not masculine. I'm not like those other dark skinned women or black women. No, I, I don't do it for that. I, I literally wear dresses because I like dresses. <laughs> Cause I'm lazy and it's easy to put on a dress. So, you know, I think that you can't really resist that messaging. And I think that deep down, if you're doing something to prove that you're not something else, it's still, you're still allowing those stereotypes in the fear of being judged to dictate your actions in either case. So you would might as well just be yourself. You might as well just accept that you know, loving yourself is the most revolutionary act that you can do, right? 
that's why I believe in self-improvement and self-growth because the most you know, important thing you will ever do in your lifetime is love yourself and truly figure out what makes you tick. Tapping into your potential is the most empowering thing you can do, in my honest opinion. And of course, it's not the most important love, right? I think that loving others and truly caring about others is amazing. That's what we should all aspire to, loving the people around you. But at the end of the day, the, the most important thing you can ever do is unlocking the potential that you have inside of you, in my honest opinion. Um, so <laughs> that being said, I think that there are some things you can do to cultivate more feminine energy, I suppose. I think it's a little bit more overhyped than it should be, in my opinion. But I found, if I'm going to give any real advice on, on this episode, I would say that unleashing your creativity is so important. The things that I do now, I do because I know by practicing brainstorming and utilizing this creativity, I am tapping into my potential more. So what I've started to do more recently is I buy an iPad on a whim. Uh, I think it was the iPad seventh generation. I bought an iPad and an Apple pencil and then I just started drawing. Um, I bought the Procreate app. This is not, you know, sponsored, <laughs> but I bought the Procreate app and I've been taking up digital drawing and I'm actually good at it. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> As with most things arts related, I'm actually inherently good at it. But with practice, I'm getting better. And to me, I have a sense of pride and accomplishment in what I do on top of the fact that by taking nothing and turning it into something amazing and detailed. It's teaching me to enjoy the process, enjoy the process of becoming, enjoy the process of learning and growing, looking at my mistakes and then not seeing it as a failure and not getting so frustrated with myself when I have to start over, but truly enjoying the creative process. It's taught me a lot about life. It's taught me a lot about how to unlock the potential in myself. And I think that's why I feel so feminine when I do it. Like when I teach myself how to play the piano, when I teach myself these other skills like digital drawing and painting and writing, these are things that I do all the time. Every single week I set aside time to do those tasks because I feel as though creatively it's making me a better person that discipline of constantly practicing and making myself better and better and better, not to necessarily monetize it, but just because I want to do it, just because it makes me feel good. just That's something that cannot be understated in my opinion. Um, in terms of things that I would encourage people to do as well, outside of just typically creative tasks, um, I would say that also learning and this, this is like a fundamental truth that I believe in. I believe that whenever you are in a bad situation, whenever you're feeling stuck in life, the one thing you can do to change your situation is create, is birth something. And birthing is a more female trait because women with vaginas <laughs> and ovaries can produce. But beyond that, I think it's important to look at situations that are bad and what will transmute 
what was harmful, what was done that was wrong or bad, a situation that you feel stuck in, transmuting that energy into something positive kind of like triggers the universe into doing something that aligns with your intentions and your goals. So in every bad place that I've been in my life where I was truly going through it, I was depressed or I was sad or I was, you know, emotionally distraught, what took me out of it and brought me to a higher plane of existence or put me in a better position was literally creating my blog, was literally meditating and then creating something and channeling my intentions to the universe and saying, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And it was always given to me every single time. Creating this podcast was another step in my creative process that has yielded so many benefits to me. Can't even describe. Starting my business, another creative endeavor at the end of the day, has yielded so many benefits to me. It's revolutionized my life, honestly. I look at life entirely different now that I own myself. And like I mentioned before, it's the ability to own and create something has truly been the most feminine thing I could ever think of. Honestly, honestly and truly, it makes me feel like a really a grown woman owning my life, living my life on my own terms. Best thing I could have ever done. The last thing that I kind of touched on this before is meditation. I think meditation has been revolutionary for me as well. I mean, being able to sit down and be in control of your body and of your mind, tapping into the feelings that you have inside of you. Um, it really puts you in touch with your body and it makes you feel like you are, I don't know how to describe it. I really don't know how to describe it. It's just a, it's, it's just a mindfulness that you have by meditating. And I listen to binaural beats. I don't know how to pronounce the word, but it's like uh, music that you meditate to. And it's kind of like electronic sounding. And there's so many different types of clips like that on YouTube, but it literally takes me to a higher plane of existence. I can't describe it. Honestly, I can't. So it just has done something for me that's been so positive. And it only takes 20 minutes a day too. These are the things that that make me feel like I'm doing something productive. They make me feel my most womanly, like I'm in charge of myself. So that being said, <laughs> if you hear something in the background, that is Ice, my cat. He has decided that he is tired of being tired. And I try to record whenever he is asleep. But for whatever reason, when I start recording, he loves to start chirping and being incredibly active. So, you know, that's a sign that it's time to wrap up this episode. <laughs> I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to edit this out, y'all. I need y'all to, I need y'all to hear this, <laughs> to hear the foolishness that goes down in this household. But anyway, if you like this episode, if you want more episodes like this, please like and share and tell all your friends. It means the world to me. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, definitely, definitely, definitely rate us five stars. You can visit my blog at morethanpotential.com. And 
You can follow me on at It's More Than Potential on Instagram. Thank you. And I hope you guys have a good week. Ice. Ice. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>